that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give them. So it's speaking about us having the, the, the ability to speak either life, to, sorry, to, to choose either life or death. And God's design and his intention is that each of us would choose life. And we focused a couple of weeks ago on the fact that it says that you and your descendants may live. Pointing out the fact again that it's not just about you, it's about the generations that are yet to come. And what you declare over you will have an impact over the generations that are yet to come. What we declare over our church in this generation while we're all here will have an impact on the generations to come. And the roll-on effect or the snowball effect of what we do matters not just for us but for the future generations that are yet to come. And so this is an incredibly important thing, and, and, and I'm beginning to believe even more so with everything that's going on in the world, that as Christians and as believers, what we, be, what, what we declare over the coming months and the words that we choose to speak over the coming months are going to have a really great impact on those around us, on our community, and on the world as a whole. You know, everything going on in the world right now with the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, these scriptures are incredibly important that we understand and begin to put these things in place because the way that we deal with this as the church will have a big impact uh, on those around us. And it's something that that I've been noticing over the last couple of weeks. um, I know things in America got um, a lot more restricted last week and so pretty much all of their churches over there were were just you know closed and had to start the live stream thing and there's just been so much and like instagram and facebook and all these churches that i follow just these daily things and these 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 daily encouragements to to believers to you know psalm 91 is the one that that's just out there everywhere at the moment read it uh if you haven't and there's all these other scriptures of these churches and these pastors and these people meeting together talking about don't don't worry don't have fear be anxious for nothing you are the church and our god is for us and he's watching over us and we we are covered by him and there's just all this stuff going out there and the fact that the churches are declaring this brings hope to those who don't even necessarily go to church or may not believe but simply by reading these words that are being declared by the church uh, it, it brings hope to people who maybe are hopeless in the situations that are going on and so the way that we deal with this as a church will have a big impact on those around us and again, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke a little bit about uh, learning to live each day with our future in mind and using the power of our words to build a positive future for ourselves. You know, because if you have a focus that is simply on the, the here and now, uh, the here and now might not actually be going so well. And it might not be working out the way that you actually want it to. But when we have a mindset uh, and, and a focus or an intentionality about the future and we begin to speak into our future, we're actually encouraging ourselves and, and, and building ourselves up and preparing ourselves 
ourselves mentally, spiritually, physically for the things that we're declaring over our future. And again, if you choose to speak death over, over your future, you're preparing yourself mentally, physically, spiritually for failure, for disappointment, for lack, for not having enough, for being fearful and being afraid. But if you're declaring life over yourself and, and speaking all of the life-giving, life-breathing scriptures over yourself, you're preparing yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually to step into something greater than what you're experiencing right now. And even if it doesn't look like it in this moment, on this day, if you have your future in mind and you begin to speak and declare things over your future, you're you're, you're speaking life into what is yet to come. And that is incredibly important for each of us as individuals and for the church, speaking life into what we can't even see yet, speaking life into what is yet to come, speaking life into the generations that aren't even born yet. This is what we can do. I saw something on, on Facebook the other day. This is just totally uh, off topic. But um, uh, it was talking about the, uh, the next generation of, of people, you know, the fact that this whole self-isolation thing, not trying to be crude or rude or anything, but the reality that uh, uh, in nine or ten months' time, there may be another generation that's going to be born because everyone's becoming self-isolated. And, and it was funny because this thing said, and this generation will be known as the coronials. And I just I saw, I was like, that's great, that's great. We're going to have a generation of, uh, of coronials. And we were talking to a lady yesterday, um, Libby and she and myself after the funeral, she was just joking around. And so she thinks that the next generation of kids are going to have names like uh, Corona or Viral. And like all these things are going to be, be people's names. And we're just, anyway, that's, it's, it's horrible, isn't it? Imagine being named. Yeah, no, my name's Viral. Why? Uh, Coral, there we go. Coral, a mix of the two. There we go. Maybe there's a name, Izzy, for you guys, I don't know, perhaps. Uh, anyway, probably not, probably not. Back to what we're talking about. Um, so again, we're living with, with, our, with our future in mind and preparing for the future. And so we finished the other week by reading uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. And today I want to read that again, but I want to read the verse before it as well. So Proverbs 18, chapter, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 and 21. It says this, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth and from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we only spoke about the, the death and life are in the power of the tongue because I wanted to show you that, that your words have the power of life and death. But even the verse before it, I was reading it earlier this week, and I think it's just so important we understand that as well, that a man's stomach or a person's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. And from the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. And so what is that saying? Excuse me, yeah. It's saying, again, that the words that we speak and the things that we declare are the very things that will satisfy the inner man. And uh, you would know that if you eat something that is rotten, if you get a rotten piece of fruit and you bite into it, uh, it's not necessarily the most satisfying thing in the world, Right? And it's the same with our words. If the produce of your lips and the words that you speak are negative and death and, and rotten, the satisfaction's just just not going to be there. It actually causes you to have 
an upset stomach if you eat something that's rotten or, or moldy, unless it's cheese for some reason. But, but if you speak these, these beautiful words and, and, and these, these life-giving words, uh, same as when you eat uh, like your favorite meal afterwards, you feel satisfied and you feel good and you feel like, man, there's not much better than, 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 than this moment right now. I'm just so satisfied. And I want to encourage you that, that it can be the same with the words that you speak and declare over yourself and over your future. If you want to be satisfied, and even when things aren't working out the way that you want them, speaking and declaring things over the future and the good things that are yet to come can leave you feeling satisfied about what is going to happen rather than feeling dissatisfied and yucky and rotten with what's going on in the moment. The words that you declare and the things that you speak will have an effect on the future that you live out. It will have an effect on on how effective you are in the things of God depend on the words that you speak and declare over yourself. If you begin to to speak out, you know that the Bible talks about all um, all the gifts of the Spirit, right? And, and, and the Bible also says that, that uh, the, the God wants to speak to us about the future. He wants to speak to us about the things that are yet to come. Start declaring that and start reading about the gifts found in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Off the top of my head, there, there, there's a list uh, of the, the gifts. Start reading these and start declaring these things over your life and watch what begins to happen. Watch as you begin to, to function in these things that you're speaking out and declaring. You know, the Scripture tells that God wants to speak to us about your future. Say that. Say, God, your word says that, that you want to make me aware of what is yet to come for me and watch him. Just begin to download to you things that are yet to come and give you encouragement and hope for the future. It's written in Scripture, so if you declare it, Scripture is truth. It's about getting an understanding of what the Word says and beginning to declare it over ourselves and over our lives. And again, with the way that things are going in the world right now, the fruit of our lips as believers matter greatly. And it's not just for us, it's for everyone around us, for our families and for our communities. I said it before, but the world is watching the church during this time. And, and I want to remind you again that, 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 that this building is not the church. You and I are the church. We are the ones who have been called by God to pass on the message of hope. This is just the building that God's provided for us to meet in. But you and I are the church. So church can never be stopped and church can never be cancelled because you and I are never going to stop. We're never going to stop believing. We're never going to stop going. We're never going to stop moving. Nothing can stop the church because you and I can't be stopped. People can... There's a whole bunch of reasons why we wouldn't be able to meet in this building. There's plenty of things that could happen. But just because we're not in this place doesn't mean that we aren't the church because it's about us. It's not about the building. It's not about the space that we have. It's about the mindset that we have of who we are, of who God calls us to be, of what He declares over us. And this is what we need to remember moving forward. You and I carry the message of hope that God passed on to us and He wants us to pass on to the rest of the world. And there are people right now who are hopeless. There are people who who don't even understand what is going on. And the reality is I don't really understand everything that's going on, but I know that I'm not fearful about it. I know that I have a hope for the future and I believe that God's going to grow our church through this, even though we're like, well, God, how the heck are you going to do it? He's going to find a way because that's who he is. And so even though things are changing, 
for the way that we're able to meet as a church, it does not mean that we will become ineffective as a church. It's actually going to provide us again with more opportunities to impact people just in a different way to how we normally will, uh, to how we normally would. And so the way that we speak regarding the future will impact this generation, right? And you think about, I'm just thinking about it now, all of the young children um, who, who don't really understand what's going on, even the ones who are in, say, primary school, who, who you know, things are changing uh, around them and things are changing in their home and things are changing uh, in their families. And the unfortunate reality of, of all these restrictions going on is that, that uh, places are being shut down and, and, and jobs are, are being lost and it's causing all this extra stress and, and anxiety that didn't exist before. And so these children who don't necessarily understand what's going on are growing up in this environment and I'm telling you what the parents say and what is spoken in the home and what is declared will matter for the generation to come because either these young kids if they're, if they're in a faith-filled home and a home that is hopeful then these kids are going to grow up with some sense of hope for their future but the ones who, who are just spoken to nothing but negativity and it's not necessarily the parents fault because they just don't understand either and they, maybe they don't understand the reality of scripture but the, the reality the possibility that we can have a whole generation, the next generation coming up, are just going to be fearful and afraid and too afraid to step out and do something. But the church can make a difference and we can make a difference if what we speak and what we declare brings hope and encourages people during this time. And even though it's different, it doesn't mean that it's ineffective because God has given us an opportunity and in fact He calls His church to be a light of the world and even when things are falling apart, the church stands like a city on the hill it says in the book of Matthew you are like a city on a hill that uh, that everyone can see and everyone is watching you and I everyone is watching the churches people around you that know you go to church are watching you and they're listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth and what you speak and what you declare will impact their future whether you want to believe it or not and that's why that's important for us to understand that the words that we speak and what we begin to declare out about the future of our church, about the future of our families, and even just the future of the world is going to matter greatly to the generations that are yet to come. Because again, it's that snowball and that flow on effect. And if this next generation is a, is a fearful generation and they're afraid, then what are they going to teach their children? Exactly what they know. And it has to be broken somewhere. And the church has been given the message of hope that can break the burden of fear and anxiety and hopelessness and provide hope eternal that isn't necessarily just a about the here and now. It's about the eternal hope that we have and where we're going to end up when our time here on this earth is done. The way that we speak about the, 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 the future will impact this generation. You know, yes, we, we have faith. And I know that, that there are plenty of people throughout the world who are, uh, who are, who are uh, disappointed that churches are potentially shutting their doors and, and meeting differently and doing this live stream stuff. But uh, having faith doesn't mean acting stupid. And, and that's what we need to understand. And Zoe said before, and, and, and Pete has been saying, it, we have a duty of care, uh, not just to everyone here in this place, but actually to everybody that we come in contact with. And we need to be kind. We need to be caring. We need to be loving. We need to weep with those who are weeping at this time. We need to give strength to those uh, who are just so weak. Um, 
Again, having faith doesn't mean acting stupid and thinking that, that nothing can touch us. Uh, because God, God is in control, and I don't doubt that at all. But the reality is that even God's people still get sick at times. Uh, and things still happen the way that we don't necessarily want them to, but we have hope in a God who is over and above that uh, all. So again, like, like the verse in Proverbs says, you'll be satisfied or filled by the fruit of your lips. And, and I believe that it's really important that we don't speak negative about things that we don't understand. It's normal to be fearful of something that we don't understand or when we're not quite sure how something will play out. But when we begin to speak negatively about something before it even begins or without an understanding, we're we're creating this unnecessary fear, this unnecessary doubt in ourselves or in somebody else. We're feeding ourselves doubt and fear rather than faith and hope and trust in God. But we really do need to be careful when speaking of things we don't fully understand and about what kind of declaration we make over ourselves and our families. And I want to show you this verse that, that, that I found the other day as I was just uh, reading for a little while and it's found in uh, in Second Peter chapter 2 verse 12 and it says but these things the natural brute beast made to be caught and destroyed speak evil of the things that they do not understand and they will utterly perish in their own corruption. Now, uh, this verse is actually speaking um, uh, about false teachers uh, of the word and people who are going into churches and, and teaching the wrong things and pulling people away uh, from the, 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 the truth of, of Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's about false teachers. But um, here's where I find the connection for each of us and, and why I believe that this verse is actually of great value that, that, that we understand. Because if we are declaring false things over our lives and over our situation because we don't understand, you're actually teaching or training yourself in something that is false and isn't actually true. And that's going to bring nothing but destruction and death to your life. And so I'm not calling you false teachers. I'm not calling myself a false teacher, but it's talking about these false teachers are speaking about things that they don't actually understand and they're creating fear and they're creating separation within the church because of these false things that they're teaching. And just be careful that you're not teaching or or declaring something false over yourself that is going to negatively impact your future moving forward. And so even though we don't understand and we can't know what's going to happen in the next two weeks, maybe restrictions will get tighter. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it will go on for six months. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But the reality is that whatever happens, we need to understand that we can't speak negative about things that we don't understand, right? And and, and we may not necessarily agree with the the decisions that are being made uh, at the, the national leadership level, but there are things that we don't understand that they do. There are things that we don't know about that they do. And so they're doing the best that they can. And that's why we as a church and the ACC are going to do everything that we possibly can to support the decisions made at a leadership level because the Bible tells us to come under the authority of those who've been given charge. Unless, of course, uh, it's it's going against what we believe and they're telling us to do something that, that isn't godly. But, but uh, and people would say that, well, we're not meeting in churches that, but no, we're actually meeting in homes. Church is still meeting. And if you read the book of Acts, how did the, the church start? They met in homes, right? And so it's in one way, we're just going back to the way that they used to do it for a little while. And it's going to be good. I, I'm actually excited about what's going to happen. I've totally lost where I'm up to, but it's okay. <clears throat> uh, 
and how you begin to speak about the changes that, that are coming, uh, that are happening, will determine in part how effective we as a church and you as an individual will be during this time. Uh, our community needs the church, needs you and me more than they realize. And if we can begin to truly speak life over ourselves and over the situation and over what's going on in the world and then live accordingly, we will be shining the light of God into people's lives in such a way that will provide hope for those who have lost all hope. And it, if you're struggling to think, like, uh, how can I begin to, to speak positive over my life and my family? And, uh, because it can be hard to understand, but, but, but I want to encourage you because God has actually already provided for us in His Word something that He wants us to declare over ourselves. And even if you don't know where to start or you can't think of anything else, I want to share with you a scripture that actually uh, Jesse, who's been here a couple of times, he showed me this uh, a couple of months ago now that... Uh, on my birthday, the day before my birthday, he, he, he showed me this scripture because he'd been listening to this teaching about it. And this guy brought up this scripture and it's such a powerful declaration and I've been making it every single day over myself and over my family every single day. It takes me like 30 seconds if I'm in a rush to just read through this and say, God, I declare this over my family. And it's found in all places, right, in the book of Numbers, right? How crazy that the Old Testament still got things that are relevant to us today. Who would have thought? So Numbers chapter 6 Verses 22 and 27. Now, the little heading uh, in your Bible, if it has them, uh, will say that this is the priestly blessing. And so this, uh, what I'm about to read, and it, it will tell us anyway, but, but God instructs Moses to, uh, to, to speak to Aaron and the priest. Aaron was the, the high priest of Israel at this time. God instructs Moses to tell Aaron to make this following declaration over the people, and check it out, Numbers 6, 22, 27. And the Lord said to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Right, this is a declaration that God spoke directly to Moses to tell the priest to declare over the people of Israel, to declare over his nation. And what does it say? God is saying that he will bless them, that his face is actually turned towards his people, and that because God's name is written on us, his people, we are blessed as a result of it. And so if you don't know where to start with speaking and declaring things over your life, start with this. Start doing what I've been doing and declaring this over yourself and your family every single day day. Again, it takes a whole 30 seconds to do, but I'm telling you that I have seen a change in in my family in the last couple of months, and I haven't even told Zoe that I've been doing this, because I, I, sometimes I, I don't tell her when I'm doing these things, because I want to see the results come before I actually speak to her about it, so that she can just notice uh, these things changing naturally, and it's not, you know, she doesn't, it may seem uh, dishonest, but I don't think so, and I'm just trying to, to cover my bases now, so you don't think I'm hiding things from my wife and it's, it's all right, but <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to read it again. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. And so I just think this is such an incredible declaration and it's not something that came from the mouth of man. This is a declaration that came directly from the mouth of God through Moses and through Aaron 
to all the people. Right? This wasn't a restricted blessing or, or one that, that, that God declared over just one person. This is what he declared over his people. His people. You and I are his people. The church are his people. And so what do we get to experience as a church because of this generation, uh, because of this declaration? We are blessed and we are kept by God, which means he takes care of you and I. He keeps us. He watches over us. His face shines upon us. His countenance shines upon us, shines upon you and me. And he is gracious to us, which we know. We've received grace uh, through faith in, in, in Jesus. And it says he will, lift up, uh, he will lift up his countenance upon you, meaning he will teach you to become like him and so you look like him you act like him you speak like him the the way that he does things is the way that you will begin to do things and at this time i love it and give you peace and give you peace peace in a troubled time peace when you don't know what's going on, peace when we don't know what's going to be said in a couple of days' time when the cabinet meets again. Hey, who cares? Peace. Whatever happens, happens, and we will deal with it however we need to deal with it. And I love the the final line. God says, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel, and I'll bless them because his name is upon us. And this is the priestly blessing that God commanded the priests to declare or speak over the nation of Israel, over his chosen people. And, and I believe that, that this, this declaration, it's, it's so important to understand this because it covers the basis of how we feel at times. And it probably covers the basis of how people are feeling today. And how friends and family are feeling today who don't know God. And what, a, what an encouraging scripture to, to read to somebody who doesn't know God. And say, hey, this is actually what's available to you. If you give yourself over to him. But in a way that will only work if your life is reflecting the reality of this scripture. If you're at peace, if you have comfort and knowledge that God is the one keeping you and his face is shining upon you and his name is written upon you. If we can live our lives expressing the reality of this scripture, this will bring so much hope to so many people over the next few months. And people who don't have peace and are fearful, we can read this with them, pray for them, and watch before our very eyes that peace that passes all natural understanding come into their lives and watch people encounter Jesus for the first time and find that hope and find that truth to be able to get through whatever's going to happen in the next few months.